Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. You are now tuned in to Getting Fit Podcast. The podcast that brings you unapologetic black fitness. I'm your host, B Hustle. So let's tune in. Good morning, good morning, or good evening, good afternoon, or yeah, because I don't know what time everyone is listening to this podcast. So hello, it's V coming at you again with a new episode this week in Get Fit Podcast. And yes, it is spring and the sun is trying to come out. Anyways, it's like they're here in Memphis. It's like sunny. Then it's raining five days a week, but it's all good. What they say, April showers, May flowers. Yeah, it's the, what, 4th of May? I mean, 4th of April. I don't know if you all can hear those birds chirping in the back, but I'm, I love hearing that sound because that lets me know that summer is almost here and summer is my favorite season. Hope you all had a good week or are having a great week. We are still in it, getting fit. I have to give an update on my what I've been doing in my success and my failures, but I'll do that at a later time. Right now, I want to get into the guests who we have sitting in the guest chair. And let me say, I just love the way, you know, us as black people, just to let you know, I know I might have some, you know, other ethnicities that listen to but us as black people one thing we know how to do is to take nothing and make it into something how to embrace something that would have a negative name or value or whatever and make it into something positive and so the name trap when people hear trap this and trap that you know the big thing now is everybody say trap music but it's a lot of things that i see this a lot of people have named their companies and organizations after you know trap embracing that because yeah i mean mean, (laughs) if you ever heard migos first hit single bando if you haven't heard that, just just look it up. Just just I might post it on my Instagram, but just just look it up and listen to the lyrics of the song. But this young man, Rob Veggies, has a great story. Has started a great organization called Trap Garden in Nashville, Tennessee, where I used to live home of Tennessee State University and he's also a graduate of Tennessee State University and he's just started community gardens because as we have have discussed on this podcast before there are not good quality vegetables and fruits in the grocery stores in inner cities and in urban communities. I mean, I know this for a fact because I used to be a manager in a retail grocery store. And you can see the difference in the quality of vegetables and fruit that is offered in the inner city compared to those in the white community. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. So he took it upon himself and started a nonprofit that helps build their relationship with the people in the community to teach them how to garden to just bring a union within the city of nashville 
And he's not only doing it in Nashville, but I'm not going to go too far into it. Just tune in, take your notepads out, write down because he dropped some jewels in this in this interview. And yeah, I hope you all learned something. My goal for this year, for this summer, is to start a garden. So I'm trying to take all the tips that I can. And he knows exactly what he's talking about. So here it is. I hope you enjoy it. And let's go. So welcome to the podcast, Rob Veggies. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be a guest, man. It's good to have you in the guest chair. I'm so excited to talk to you on today. Perfect timing because... Spring is now here. And right. I know it don't feel like it, but yeah, it's here. So. <laughs> so let's just get into it. I just want to start off by talking about your background. I know that you grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. So how was that growing up? I mean, did you always have a passion for health or in gardening and how was that? Just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, so honestly, no, nah, I never actually ever um, did any type of gardening work prior to me starting a trap garden a few years ago. Um, now in St. Louis, like I've always had a, a passion for healthcare, but it wasn't actually from a nutrition-based side. It was more of like a hospital, want to be a doctor, a physician, or a CEO of a hospital at one point in time. Okay. Um, but really, like me, yeah, like me growing up, it wasn't any gardens within my community um, at all. Okay, okay. So... So when you, because I attended TSU and you attended TSU, so when you came to college, did you major in um, anything relating to healthcare or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Major in anything no, to so in yeah, the healthcare industry? It was centered around agriculture, uh, but it was healthcare. So my major was health administration and planning. So okay. that's like the, the business side of healthcare in general, but it had nothing to do with farming, agriculture, or anything of that nature at all. That's crazy. So yeah, how, so yeah. what, okay, so what was it that led you to gardening? Uh, really, it was just me just one day just getting so pissed off that I was available at my local grocery store. I just said, you know what, I'm going to see if I can just grow my own, grow something that can be healthy and good for my body. And if not, then I can't complain about what's available at my local grocery store. So I know you said you had the same experience about going to the TSU, mm-hmm. but you know, like the main grocery store that we were going to was in a food desert community, so which means that we just had no major access to something that was going to be healthy or good for our body or something that was going to be affordable. Now, you know, don't get me wrong. I get it. We college students, we're just supposed to be eating whatever we can afford during that time, right? Yeah. But say we get a little bit of change and we want to be able to go buy some groceries and put something in our body that was good for us, one, we might not have had transportation to that grocery store that was blocks and blocks down the road, or two, you get there, everything is almost near spoilage, or you can't find anything that's really healthy or good for you. Um, and I just seen like a continuous trend from when I was growing up in St. Louis to when I got here in Nashville and was going to Tennessee State University. That I was in a food desert, and I got tired of driving to what was considered a good neighborhood to get something that was going to be good for my body. So I was like, man, forget it. Let me just at least try. If I fail, I can't complain about this weak grocery store that's over here. <laughs> um, and that's really how I started. So, okay, so I'm, I'm going to ask you some basic questions like – how did you start? Like, did you start? Because I, I didn't realize that you can grow, um, and I might be incorrect about this. I didn't know that you can grow, like, um, lettuce and different vegetables indoors. 
like if I live in an apartment, correct, I can yep. start something like a little small. So how did you start? Oh, so, you know, Tennessee State University has a community garden because we do have an ag program, even though, you know, I wasn't involved in it. Mm-hmm. I was doing some research and I ended up learning myself about, you know, that, that uh, capabilities that the campus had that was open to other people who were interested in getting involved within this garden space. And so I signed up for a plot. It was like $40 and they give you like a defined area where you can grow whatever it is that you want to grow. That's legal, of course. Mm. Um, so I started thinking about certain items that I would be interested in growing. You know, some of those things that I would be predominantly eating a lot. So, like the spinach, the tomatoes, some herbs that I can use when I was trying to whip up something that was going to be good for me as well. And then I got out there and just dug up, you know, and just started dropping some seeds and watched it grow. But the amazing thing is, is that. There were so many other African-Americans out there who were older in age that kind of took me underneath their wing. Okay. And mind you, like I said, I had literally no experience in this at all. So if they were seeing me come out there and fumble and fail and trip, they would start giving me tips and knowledge and information. And they kind of just took me underneath their wings. So it became mm. mentors and me learning some of those, you know, basic and essential type of things that I would need to know to be able to grow. And you got to have that support in an environment like that. That's dope. So, like, what can you tell us? Because I will try. <laughs> what are some, what is some basic things that if someone that's a beginner like myself wanted to start, what are some basic things that I would need to just start a garden. That's I mean, so first, before you even, you know, get out there and start planning, just, I would say, just jot down a list of some things that you would be interested in growing, something that you're not going to waste, something that you consume a lot of. Okay. So let's just talk about, you know, just, just in general, if it was tomatoes, if you eat a lot of salads or you do a lot of cooking or you making marinaras uh, for different types of dishes, right? Uh-huh. Um, so look at, you know, within your city or within your state area, when is the best time to grow a tomato? Mm. And if they say, you know, spring just kicked off. So right now it's best to grow X tomatoes. Um, and so you would just take it from there and figure out exactly how much space would it need, um, how many seeds would I need to drop, and then, you know, how long would it take for me to be able to produce something out of that. Uh, and so I would say that's like that's the best possible way to start. Um, if not, if people are not already just ready to jump out the window and just start on their own, just get involved with the community garden and learn from there. You can, you know, get paired with somebody, um, just shadow some people, look at what they're growing and their process, and then start to pitch in and lend a hand. So it's, it's like always the perfect time to get started, no matter what season it is. It's always something that you can grow, whether it's within your home or it's out there in an actual physical garden space outside. Okay, yeah. And I didn't realize that you made a good point. You said with any season, because every time I think about like gardening, doing something to, when it comes to growing something, I'm thinking, oh, springtime, summertime, because that's when the sun is out. And that seems like, in my mind, would be the best ideal time for a garden a garden to yeah. be great. But 
throughout in, in any season, you can grow items, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, if you pull, and there's it's, it's different websites you can go to just to see within, like, your city, what's the best time to grow what items. And it's like a seasonality chart is what it's called. Hmm. And it can be pulled, um, even from, like, the USDA, they might have a different one for each city to where you can get that information and see what you could potentially be able to grow. But what I would say is, like, start with some of those easier items that you know you're going to be consuming on a regular basis. Because what you don't want to do is grow something that you don't really eat a lot and then it produces a lot. But then you just letting it go to waste. Okay. Um, and if, in that case, if you are growing something like, and I keep going back to the same example because it's so true though with tomatoes, right? My first year growing, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna plant, you know, like two, three, four um, plants that's just strictly based off of tomatoes. And what ended up happening is once it was time for them to really start budding and coming on um, full growth. It was too much for me to be able to eat at one time, so I had to figure out, you know, who can I get them to or who would be interested in taking some of these items or who can I trade with within the garden because, like, real talk, like, I ain't want nothing to go to waste, and I had a whole lot more than, than what was expected. So you you had, like, a tomato, like a trap house full of tomatoes. <laughs> Right, back, back. <laughs> <laughs> tomatoes. So with that, learning everything about gardening, you've established your garden. What made you take it to the next level or how did you take it to the next level and start the trap garden? Well, mind you, like I said, like I had no experience doing this. So even when I, you know, first graduated from college, and I decided that I wanted to start doing something from a garden perspective just because I was that pissed off with what was available at my grocery store. My friends didn't believe me. So they just like, man, I don't believe you out here, you know, just planting stuff, but that's not even your MO, that's not your background. So I invited them out to the garden space, and we started having these conversations about food deserts, about my background growing up in St. Louis, about me going to, you know, a corner store every morning on my way to school to grab something to eat, and none of it was healthy. It was either glazed donuts or um, Chili cheese Fritos yep. with actual real chili and nacho cheese <laughs> and everything. And it wasn't good for me. And when we was having these conversations, lo and behold, it was the same exact trend and pattern for them from their city, whether it was from Memphis or Atlanta or Detroit. These people was having the same exact experiences. And it got me to thinking, like, how could I package what I'm doing in this garden space and put it in different communities where they need it? and also make it engaging for the people. Because a lot of different people that do similar programs, but is it really going to be something that's engaging that, you know, our people would like to see? Mm-hmm. Or our people around our age would like to see? Yeah. And a lot of times I don't, I don't feel like it was packaged that way. Uh, yeah, because when I saw the name Trap Garden, I was like, okay, this is something yeah. like, I, I mean, I try to, I make it a goal for myself to try to do some type of volunteering each month in the community, but I, it's nothing like being involved in something that is not just checking it off your goal list, but it's something that you look forward to participating in. You know what I mean? Right. So, so. Trying to make it an experience, man. Yeah. Got music out there playing. Like, it's going to be fun and engaging. We usually sometimes, depending on the event, we'll have a DJ out with like a healthy snack or a healthy meal option, something that's going to be different than what you probably used to consuming. Might be like a really, really good dope vegan dish um, that we put out there for people to try from local chefs in the area or wherever we might be at. It's all about like creating that really dope vibe and experience. 
And uh, a lot of times I get a question about, like, why did we name, you know, the actual organization Trap Garden? Mm-hmm. And that was going to be my next comes, question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and really that comes from, you know, back home. I told you, like, I literally never seen a garden in my community. I would literally see a trap house before I would see an actual garden space. And so, you know, when you think about a trap house, it's a shotgun-style house where you're just moving, like, whatever illegal product that you moving out that's a drug. But then you think about, like, the actual actual work ethic of that drug dealer. And I know I'm not saying that, like, you know, dealing drugs is cool or dope or anything like that, but if you mm-hmm. think about their work ethic, like, they're trying to push the best possible yeah. product out yeah. to the community to get people coming back and addicted to it and hooked. And it's the same, like, we always did was put their work ethic. Like, we're trying to make something that's a dope experience and something that people going to enjoy, get them hooked on it, hooked on veggies, and wanting to come back and learn more and more about what they're putting into their body, how they can grow it, and how they can prepare healthier meals while also having a dope experience at the same time. Okay. So let me ask you this. With the community garden that you have, do you only have one community garden in Nashville is it several that you that you all have throughout the city so we're working on um our, our third one right now okay in Nashville but we do a lot of different types of programming in other cities um just from based off of our sponsors and our different partnerships that we have either businesses schools or organizations um but yeah we're working on our third one here in Nashville Oh, wow. So with that garden, can people, okay, so people can come out and help and volunteer, correct? Yeah, for sure. Most definitely. Like we uh, upload on our website, travelgarden.org. We have volunteer opportunities that we consistently update to push out to people. They can go right on there and they can sign up for volunteer opportunities there. Uh, some of them is going to be involved with the school programming. So we're doing like an eight-week program right now with the elementary school where people can directly be able to come in and volunteer to work with students or they can help us to be able to launch our new garden site that's going to be um, actually um, coming out into the community in late April for Earth Week. Oh, that's that's dope. And I, I, it's so funny that you said that because I completely forgot one scenario that I came across in grad school. So I went to grad school um, online, but at this university that's called Emporia State University. Mm-hmm. It's in Kansas. And they were talking about like how students, because my program fell underneath education and science, or like a little bit of both. And they were talking about in Kansas how, of course, out in the rural areas of Kansas, like in the farms and stuff like that, how they take kids that, well, first off, in K through fifth, they take kids out to the farm to educate them about different things that, prime example, like with math. They would take a lesson from Mm -hmm. math and bring it to that farm, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And create different lesson plans and give them that exposure and experience. Then they also have a program for troubled youth of how they bring them to the farm or bring them to different areas in the rural and help them build and see that they can do other things than the typical plan that some people try to, you know, some people, you know, go to college, do this and work this job. 
that's not for everybody, you know. And so yeah, it's I, other opportunities out there for sure. Yeah, and I was just thinking, I was like, wow, that's crazy because I never had that experience growing up. You know what I mean? Like I can go to a, I mean, I think we did like some little garden for like an hour at my elementary school but other than that it was nothing so that's that's really dope that you know the schools are being involved with everything that you're doing that's really cool so let me ask you this with the vegetables and it's just me i'm like can you sell the vegetables or they just you just give them away <laughs> so, so yeah we we could if we wanted to sell the vegetables but we don't sell the vegetables so usually what we do is we have different raised beds within the garden space so we'll like have a dedicated space for individuals who want to be involved like on a continuous basis okay. to be able to grow whatever it is that they want to grow within their one section and then they can do it. Um, they can utilize that space however they want to. They can grow what they want to grow. And then if they want to sell it, they can sell it, but they're probably not producing enough or they could, you know, give it to other people within the community or take it home themselves and prepare meals with it. Okay. Okay. That's, that's cool. So does anybody, anybody in your family what or friends, what have that what has their reaction been to your success with the whole community garden? Because I would, I would just be like, man, listen, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm I, like right now when I hear this, when I first thought, I, I went to the website and I'm like, this is so cool. And so I was going to reach out to you and say, hey, how can I volunteer? But then when I was starting this podcast, I was like. Let me get on here and see if he yeah. want to come on and talk to me. And then, like, I would drive from Memphis to Nashville <laughs> just to come volunteer. I'm dead serious because it just seems yeah, like yeah, we gotta get you here for sure to put in some work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so with you say you all do things outside of the city as well. Yeah, so uh, like some of our partnerships allow for us to be able to travel to different HBCUs as well as sporting events. Um, on behalf of Toyota, they have something called the Toyota Green Initiative. And we are able to create like different programs or different fun activities to teach people to live like a more sustainable lifestyle. So what that might look like is, you know, going to a garden site, helping them to revitalize or enhance their site, or going to somewhere like a swag basketball championship and setting up like a fun, engaging, activity right outside of the game for people to be able to interact with um, something that's sitting around going green prior to going to the game. Um, and so that's like their way and contribution to try to be able to give back and still be centered around going green because you know, they got a lot of eco-friendly vehicles as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's something that's going to help, help a lot to continue to get the word out as well as uh, have people to have a good time and learn at the same time. And I was going to ask you, by doing this, has it helped you with your awareness of what you intake um, with your own personal diet? Like, has it helped you improve what you eat? Yeah, so, like, over time I've changed, you know, my my dietary eating habits, but um, it's just even before starting this, so even when I was in college, 
Um, I started changing a little bit of things. So I dropped pork, and then after pork, um, it was other items that I started dropping, and then I ended up being a pescatarian. Okay. So basically, like, the only, you know, source of main meat that I eat is just fish, and then, you know, just veggies outside of that. No chicken, no pork, no beef, um, even though that chicken be calling. Yeah, the chicken, calling. yeah, the chicken is hard. <laughs> the chicken is hard. I, I stay away from pork. It's probably, I mean, I eat it a little bit here and there, but, and I mean, like, literally maybe twice a year, but for the most part, and that would be just, like, on accident. Like, if I didn't realize something had, I'm like, oh, it's in your that, yeah, and I didn't realize that it was pork, but um, I try to stay away from it just because I don't like the way it makes me feel and then all of the mm-hmm. other stuff with it. But, and, and, yeah, the chicken, that's the one that's the hard one. Yeah. yeah. Th- but that- you ever give up something, like, you know, like the pork for a month or two months and then you go back and it makes you feel sick and maybe that's a sign you don't need to be contained. Yeah. Eating something like that, that nature, but at the same time, you know, we don't. I don't. I don't push those type of things on anybody because um, I, I moderation. Like, just consider what you're putting into your body because it is your temple, and just think about like all the health benefits as well as like you know the the outpouring of what it's doing on nature as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, because you always, and that's the thing, too. That's why I like to hear from people with, you know, different body types and stuff, because I'm not sure. But have you always, always had, like, a slim frame? Yeah, yeah. I got, like, a super fast metabolism, man. Mm-hmm. I eat a lot, too. So, and I don't even want to get nobody to get upset with that before <laughs> when they hear that. But, yeah, I eat all the time. Like, I'll eat somebody out of house at home and not gain one pound. Wow, yep, yep. That's just like how my sister and my brother-in-law is. They just the same way. And I'm like, <laughs> let me tell you what to do to get fat. Let me tell you. This, right. This, yeah. <laughs> it probably still won't work, but let me tell you some of my tricks. I have them. <laughs> so, when, so, yeah, I know. Sit on your ass and eat potatoes and all, all of the opposite things. Right, that, all that, others. Yeah. But uh, so speaking of uh, the trap garden, like what's some of your favorite trap music that you like and, to listen uh, to? I mean, and college, like hands down, everything that Gucci dropped, I listened to nonstop, like every mixtape. You know, it don't matter what it was. Cause you know, for, for a while, it was just like back to back to back that he was just yeah. stuff like crazy. Yeah. Every time it dropped, I, I was right there along with it. In high school, I had to say for sure, it was Jeezy. Like, as soon as Jeezy dropped, like, Trap or Die, literally everybody in the city had their old schools out, uh, just bumping it nonstop. So I was a huge Jeezy fan. And then, you know, going to TSU, Gotti, you can't leave your Gotti out. Yeah. Um, show like so so those would be like probably like the biggest people that I listened to back in the day but now you know you got like Migos that's going crazy yeah they, everything they drop is a hit right now man um, I was I wasn't feeling that um, stir fry song at first, but when I saw the video, I was like, and I was just, I was just telling my boyfriend, I was just like, because he does things in music, and I was just telling him like, you know, if you add, because every time I cook, I'm listening to music. If I'm not listening to a podcast, I'm listening to music because it just seems like it, it makes the time go by faster. And I was like. It would be so dope if somebody do something. I was like, maybe I can do that in some kind of way. And what you know, 
Migos come out with that video, I was like, see, somebody, <laughs> somebody has tapped my phone. <laughs> yeah, what? I got no idea. <laughs> but yeah, I saw that and I was like, and it was, um, I think that was Tasty that had did that video with them mm-hmm. cooking it up and stuff. I'm like, that was, that was dope. That was cute. But um, yeah, it was on point. And then, like, music has like culturally, just music has a huge influence on, on us, you know, as people as well. And the thing is, like, a lot of the people that people look up to, these people are living a healthier like diet lifestyle. Yeah, I remember, and I I seen one uh, interview that YG was doing with the Breakfast Club, and he was talking about how he was vegan, mm. like going back on the road and traveling for concerts just because it was hard to sustain that lifestyle. But he was talking about the benefits of what he was uh, eating. The same thing with Walker, like Walker. He was oh, yeah. saying the exact same thing as well. So, like, I mean, like, you eating clean and eating healthy don't mean that you're not dope or you're not, like, you know, still doing your thing out in the streets. You just care about your body. And it definitely ain't nothing wrong with that. You can still be gangster and care about your body, too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm glad you, yeah. It, it's so, because it's, because, oh, my gosh. I, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast when you talk about, like, I'm on, like, I face this while I'm at work. Uh, please, I hope none of my coworkers are listening. But <laughs> when I, if if I say like, yeah, I'm not eating any meat. I'm just only eating fish. Or if I'm just I'm just doing vegetarian or whatever. That's why I just really stop telling people because people are trying to talk you out of it. They were they yeah. really will. They, they why are you doing that? No, you shouldn't do that because this is unhealthy and I and I'm like, Okay, but yeah, that same stuff that you're telling me is he- healthy. They say right. that's unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. either way it's a lose lose, but I can definitely tell the difference of providing my body with all of those clean veggies and et cetera. So I was going to ask, um, yeah, so how are the ways that people, well, yeah, okay, how can people get involved in the trap garden? Uh, so it's a lot of different ways, man. You know, we work a lot off of, off of volunteers. They can volunteer their services, and they don't have to be physically them within the garden space doing something. It could be from a marketing, PR standpoint. Uh, it could be somebody that's interested in writing grants, or it could be somebody that's financially able to donate or give. Okay. Um, somebody's interested in sitting on a board position because we do have a few board positions that are opening up in June or July um, to where they want to just, you know, kind of help us to be able to make better decisions as we continue to move forward and grow as an organization. And they feel like they want to be very involved from a structural standpoint. They can be do that. And they can always come out to a garden, help us plant, help us grow, be interactive and engaging with community members because we always need more people um, out there that could be a face and continue to help us build and grow. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of different ways. And Anything you think about, we can get it going. <laughs> and do you, I was going to ask, do you have any gardening tips you can share with anyone that's starting a garden or that is going to come out to help you all? Yeah, so if you, if you like, personally want to start a garden yourself, whether it be, like, in your backyard or, like, a small planter within your home, 
biggest thing that I would say is to make sure if it's in your backyard, make sure you're weeding on a regular basis. Like that was the first lesson that I learned. I thought that I would be able to go out to this garden space once a week, water, leave, and everything will be good. No, like I had to literally go out there every other day to water, depending on how hot it was. And then when it comes to weeds, like, you know, um, these are things that are taking nutrients away from your plants that you're growing. I remember one day it rained like uh, a week straight here in Nashville. And I'm like, oh, everything will be straight. When I go back out there, it'll be fine. I'm not going to go out there in the rain. Went back out there. I couldn't even tell what was actually a, a vegetable or herb. Or oh, wow. Because... All with so many weeds out there, and somebody was like, "Nah, you should have been out here in the rain, still, you know, pulling your weeds up, because they can easily just overtake your whole garden." So, making sure that you know that it's going to be a little bit more work than you may think that it is, but at the same time, it's a good thing because you learn patience, um, you learn, you know, due diligence, you have a responsibility to continue to um, plan and have proper upkeep of the area, and to not get frustrated either, because a lot of times, you know, you can do everything within your power to try to make something grow. And, you know, if it's not getting a lot of sunlight, it's because of the weather or other, you know, nature factors that's out of your control, it still might not work out. So continue to try and don't give up. It's all trial and error, but you got to be consistent. Those are the two biggest things that I would say probably. Yeah. Um, for like that's, someone within a backyard space. That's really good tips because I would have never known that about the weeds. You said that they they take from the nutrients of the the mm-hmm. veggies. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I never, I would just think, oh, let me just pull them. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you want to stay on top of them and pull them on a regular because they can have negative effects on, you know, your your growth or what you have out there. But from a bigger standpoint, if somebody wants to start a community garden, I would say first check and see if it's anywhere, if there's anyone within the community that's already doing what you want to do and maybe just start by giving them a hand instead of like recreating a wheel. If okay. you see that they're not focused on like the, the community as you think that they should be or they're not directly assisting the type of people that you think need to be assisted, then that's when you can go branch off. Start something that matters, but start small and realize you got to have a team of people that's helping you. I know a lot of times the travel garden people see me, but it's a team of people that's collectively pushing this movement forward and helping us to continue to grow. Because without them, we wouldn't be able to create and establish more programs and more gardens and more activities for people. So it really is a whole team over here. It's not just me at all. Yeah, that's a, that's a definitely a good point because I'm just thinking I can only imagine. That's one of the things that I see just your Instagram page of you showcasing the whole team and those that do volunteer. But yeah, and not just you know you and yourself, you know, because yeah, I can. It's a tribe family. It's a yeah, family for real. Like it's not just one captain. We all wear multiple hats, and we all out there putting in work. When you get down here, you get not out, out up in the garden space you're going to be putting in work right alongside us like nobody's bigger than the next person could take the community to be able to empower people motivate them to continue to want to come out there mm-hmm. not bigger than no person i was going to ask if with you starting this nonprofit, did you do it while you were working full-time or did you just say you know, I'm just going to stop what I'm doing and then start it. And what advice do you have for those that do want to start a nonprofit? 
Yeah, that's that's like a, that's a, a good question, a super good question because I did I started this while so I have a, a, a I was in corporate America and I started this while um, I was actually working and I started the nonprofit phase like within like about a year after I started the drug war and then we officially became a, a nonprofit organization. Okay. But it was the income that I was receiving while I was still working at corporate America that helped me to be able to finance everything we were doing from an organizational standpoint. And the thing about the nonprofit piece is a lot of people say that they want to be a nonprofit organization because they're just very passionate about helping the community or helping um, a specific uh, type of project that they're interested in. But you also really have to have a financial piece attached to it. Like you have to know how to properly utilize your resources and plan and project and have some type of generating revenue usually or at least be able to apply for a lot of different grants and know that you want to get though. Because if you don't know how to properly manage the money that you're getting, you're not going to be sustainable long term. Like you just can't run off of the passion. You also have to be able to balance, you know, your checkbooks and and know how much you need to do for a specific project and all of those other things as well. So make sure that your accounting and finance game is strong also. Like don't let that hold you back. If that's something that you're not really good at or strong at, then make sure that you have somebody on your team who can serve as a subject matter expert and can help you out. Okay, okay. And do you have any resources that you would recommend for people to use, whether if it's with gardening or starting a nonprofit or just any type of resources that has helped you out um, along the way, whether if it's a book or any websites or what have you? Uh, so I would say, like, if you want to start a garden and you want to learn more information, we actually have a manual on our website that gives, like, tips for launching the garden. Okay. And outside of that as well, we do, like, some consulting services. So if you get the guide and you still think that you need more assistance in each of the different steps to launching your garden, then we can step in and be able to assist you uh, as well. And so it's an a organization called the Food Trust that's based out of, Philly. And when I first really started, uh, the Food Trust helped me out a lot from being able to read certain articles, research, seeing what works for them as an organization because they help mm. a lot of food desert communities um, to be able to get certain projects established. So I could be able to better improve our community as well. And I still think that that's like a huge resource that people can go to and see what they got going on as well as like uh, from a research standpoint and certain projects that they've been involved in that's worked well they can be able to uh, look at that and potentially duplicate some of the things they've done within their community. So That is definitely, I love to hear about different resources that helped you along the way and that I never heard of before. That's, that's dope. With everything that's going on, I know it's springtime and everything is great. So what upcoming events does the Trap Garden have that people can either donate to or get involved in? So, like I said, we're doing currently an eight-week program at uh, Buena Vista Elementary School here in Nashville. That's usually every Friday. We have opportunities for volunteers to come out and assist with snack time preparation, garden activities with the youth, as well as some cleanup and some recap activities that we have going on with the youth as well. Um, outside of that, every Sunday we are preparing leading up to um, Earth Day, which is April 22nd, I believe, to launch our next garden over in West Nashville. And so we have many projects 
projects leading up to that. Some of them will be like paint projects with kids to paint some of the raised bed gardens. Others will be like um, laying down soil in the raised bed gardens and rebuilding some of the raised beds that's already out there. So it's a lot of different volunteer opportunities that we have, and they're all listed on the website, trapgarden.org or trapgarden.com. And if you just go to the volunteer page, you can see that. We offer a lot of different merch that people want to support from a financial standpoint, buy a water bottle or a T-shirt, or just donate in general. It's donate tabs all throughout this, uh, the website, so they can just go ahead and look on there and make a contribution financially if they would like to do so also. All right. And last but not least, how can people reach you on social media or you already gave out the website, but you can give it out again. But how can people, which social media platform are you on that people can find you? Yeah. So you want to see, like, follow our story, see what we've been doing from a social media standpoint. You can definitely go to Instagram and follow us uh at Trap Garden, all one word. You can use the hashtag Trap Garden to see what we've been doing. Or if you do want to start planting and you want to be featured, use the hashtag Trap Garden. And then outside of that, you can go to Facebook. Once again, it's going to be Trap Garden, all one word. And then the website is www.trapgarden.org. You can find us on any platform, and we can make sure that we can connect and hold you down as well as you continue to grow something in your community. All right. And thank you so much, Rob, for coming on and just telling us about the trap garden and just embracing us and educating us with everything because I am I definitely have learned a lot and don't laugh at me when I submit when I upload my pit and I show you my little vegetables that I have grown. No, I got you. Look, I, look, I know. I know you got a great job. You're going to be straight. You're a natural. I can already So if you do need tips, you know, we're here to help you too. So the next time you're in Nashville, you definitely got to pull up on us and put in some work and try to hold the team. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. And we would love to do this again whenever you want to. All right, I got you. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for doing this with your Thank you for tuning in to Getting Fit Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. If you have any questions or would like to be a guest on the podcast, please email us at gettingfitpodcast.com. Feel free to leave a comment and let us know what you think about our guests and what type of guests you would like to have on this show. All right, we'll hear from you all next week. Stay tuned.